Welcome on into the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Now, first off, I want to apologize for ha- having to be a little bit of time between each episode. Um, I've been planning on doing a recap of every single game that the Jazz play this year, uh, but we've missed, I think, five or six at this point. So I'm just going to do a quick recap of where the Jazz are through these first about 10% of the season. Um, and then hopefully after that, we can get back on a schedule of every game that's played, you know, talking about it and then previewing the next game. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about how the Jazz are looking. So first of all, they are six and one right now. Um, they were the last team in the league that was undefeated at five and zero. And then they lost to the Bulls in a game that Mike Conley sat out of because it was a back to back. Um, in a game that they really just they could not shoot, they couldn't get anything out of their bench. Um, but we're still, I think, I think they lost by eight points in that game, so they're still in it. It's just, you know, things just didn't go their way in that game. Um, Rudy Gobert was the Player of the Week for the Western Conference last week, um, so apparently he right now has the most. The most rebounds since the NBA-ABA merger, which um, happened back in the, I believe back in the 80s. It was back when um, the Spurs, the Pacers, the Nets, and the, can't remember the fourth team, but joined the NBA. Um, So since that time, Rudy Gobert has the most rebounds through seven games. Um, since that that time, uh, he's averaging over 17 rebounds a game right now. Um, he looks more motivated on the offensive end to get into position and try and score. Teams are really trying to slow him down, and when they do that, it opens up more three-point shots for the rest of the team. It opens up driving lanes for Dom and uh, Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley. Um, Donovan Mitchell, he's struggling a little bit um, here to get going in uh, at the be- at the early parts of this season. His shooting numbers are really down, um, but he's a guy that usually starts a little slower and then picks things up as the season gets going. Um, but last night he put up 36 points, I think six rebounds and eight assists, um, while being guarded by. Davion Mitchell of the Kings for most of the game. Um, you know, Donovan is a guy that if he gets stopped by somebody in the game, like he did the first time they played the Kings, you know, Davion Mitchell p- slowed him down quite a bit. Um, Donovan gets motivated and comes after them that next game, and he he was out looking to embarrass Davion Mitchell last night. Um, and so he had a great game, and the Jazz were able to pull that off against the Kings. Um, Jordan Clarkson got off to a really strong start uh, to begin the season through the first five games. These last two games, though, he is 0 for 18, 0 for 17, something like that, behind the three-point line. He just really has had a tough time shooting. But the Jazz have still found a way to win those two games. Um, So that just shows you the depth that this team has. Um, I'm not really too worried about 
Jordan. He's a guy that he just forgets about the last shot he took and is able to just keep moving on, moving forward, going, okay, I missed that shot, but I'm going to make the next one. Um, so I'm not too worried about him. Um, Joe Ingles has been off to a pretty good start to the year. Um, last game against the Kings, he really struggled. The Jazz really didn't get anything out of their bench except for Hassan Whiteside in this last game, and they still were able to beat the, the Kings, which is encouraging that the uh, that starting group was able to put up enough points and get it figured out for them to still win that game. Um, let's stick to the bench here before we cover the rest of those starters. So Hassan Whiteside has been awesome. Um, he's been a lot better than what we saw from him in the preseason. He's figuring out how the Jazz set screens, how to really play defense within uh, that you know Rudy Gobert system. Um, of course, he's still not Rudy Gobert, but the Jazz are a lot better on the defensive end so far in the non-Rudy Gobert minutes than they were last year, or especially the year before when it was Tony Bradley as the backup center. Um, so he's been he's been awesome. He's been killing it on the boards. Um, He's a monster down low. Um, he's a, really just a handful for defenders to stop when he gets close to the rim. Um, so he's been a, a big bright spot for this team so far. Um, Eric Paschal, he's he's got some strengths to this team that that he can bring to this team. It's just he doesn't fit into the role that he's currently in. So he's getting the minutes that used to belong to George Niang. Now, George Niang would put up four or five three-pointers a game in his 12 minutes that he would get out there, um, and he could shoot the lights out. You know, Eric Paschal is not that guy. He's only going to put up maybe two three-pointers a game, and there's a good chance he's not going to make either of those two. Now, he has some strengths that are that are huge for this team. You know, he's amazing at finishing next to the rim. Um, he can take contact and... Is, again, is great at finishing right next to the rim. He's a pretty good mid-range shooter. On the defensive end, he's a very good one-on-one defender. Not a great team defender, but if he has a big power forward that he can get physical with, that he he does a great job on the defensive end there. Um, but I think it's going to be better for the Jazz when Eric can become <clears throat> uh, you know an end-of-the-bench type guy that every now and then can come and give them a spark. And, you know, when Rudy Gay is healthy and could be that that playmaker, power forward um, that they brought him in to be. Um, still haven't heard any news on how far away Rudy Gay is from coming back. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in a couple weeks or if it's going to be a month or two months. Um, but it's going to be really, you know, a welcome addition when he does come back. Um, just having a guy that can create with the ball in his hands like he can um can create his own offense is a good versatile defender um but again the jazz are six and one without him still with the bench struggling in a lot of games and probably the biggest thing is the jazz so last year they averaged 38.6 percent i think it was from three all of last season they haven't hit that once in these seven games so far Last night, they shot 29% from three. They really struggled from three and still are winning games. 
And they have so much shooting talent on this team, you know that at some point they're going to figure it out again, get on this roll, and once they do that, they're going to be unstoppable. With how this defense is playing, how the bench is looking with Hassan Whiteside now, um, Rudy Gobert's just um, will to score now that he has this season and the way he's rebounding. um, You know, Donovan and Mike in the starting lineup, like, this is a team that if they start knocking down their shots like they normally do, it's not crazy to think that they can win, you know, 65 games this year. Um, so then the last guy that's kind of with the bench unit is Jared Butler. So Jared is only getting like two, three minutes a game or so here when he does come in. Oh, crap. Um... So he really hasn't really gotten a chance to show what he can do um, as of this point yet. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of fan momentum around the guy. You know, he had some crazy stats in the preseason. Um, but again, it was the preseason. It's not the same thing as NBA games. He's going to really have to learn how to work within the Jazz's offense. He... You know, Quinn Snyder likes guys that can make a decision in about half a second. So, ball comes to them, they can either shoot it, pass it, you know, drive, whatever it is they need to do in a half a second. Jared Butler likes to get the ball, dribble around a little bit, throw a couple moves, and then if he can't get anything, then he moves moves the ball. And it really throws off the jazz when he comes in. Um, We saw Trent Forrest for one game. Um get a few minutes off the bench and he he fits what the Jazz need better than Jared Butler at this point. Now Jared Butler may eventually become a much better player than Trent Forrest in the NBA but I think for right now it's probably better for the team to give Trent Forrest those minutes and because he's such a great passer. He has a nice little floater. He can't shoot the three but everything else I think he's a better player than Jared Butler at this point. Um, so back to the the last three starters. So we'll talk about Mike Conley first. Mike is he positions himself to be super effective in whatever role is needed for that night. So last night they needed him to score. Uh, Jordan Clarkson couldn't score. Joe Ingles couldn't. So they needed more offense. And Mike Conley went out and got thirty points last night. Um, he did it driving to the hoop. He did it from three pointer. Um, he did it on floaters. Um, he really was effective last night. Um, and he's he looks like he's very settled into his role here with the Jazz, where he's going to be a spot-up shooter. He's going to run the pick-and-roll with Rudy. Uh, but most of all, he's going to be ready for whatever the team needs that night out of him. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich has been really aggressive on the offensive end this year. Um, He's not just sitting back, just waiting for threes to come, uh, three-point opportunities to come to him. Now, he's still taking a lot of threes, and he hits them at a high rate because he's a great scorer, but he's taken a lot of opportunities to drive to the hoop and get physical at the the rim, Um, and he's a guy that 
in some games, they're going to need him to go off for 30 points. But for the most part, he's going to be out there to get them, you know, 12 to 18 a night. Right now, I think he's averaging about 16 points a game. The tough thing with him is you have to play Royce O'Neal along with him um, to make up for his defensive shortcomings. But Royce is only 6'4". And so when you play those two together, along with their small backcourt of Conley and, and Mitchell, it's a really small lineup next to, to Rudy. So the de- the perimeter defense is better this year. Um, we're seeing a lot more effort out of Donovan and, and Jordan Clarkson. But still, it, it becomes an issue playing Boyan in that starting lineup just because he's not that good of a defender um, and so you have to change things up. You have to start Royce O'Neal next to him to, to make up for his shortcomings. And then, uh, of course, Royce O'Neal. Royce is the perfect fit for this team. Um, he uses hardly any possessions. Um, he is totally fine with scoring you know, four or five points while playing 30 minutes. Um, and that's exactly what the Jazz need out of him. Now, if the air team leaves him wide open, he can knock down threes, and he could very well go off for a 20-point game if it was absolutely needed. But for the most part, he's out there to guard the other team's best perimeter player, to rebound, and to keep the ball moving. And he does a phenomenal job at that. Um, So, so far, I think it's... Um, very encouraging what the Jazz have done here in these first seven games. Um, even with a lot of struggles um, from the three-pointer, uh, struggles um, with Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles off the bench in some of these games to put up points, um, they're still winning games. Um, in the game that they did lose, they are still right in it, and you know a few different things go their way, and they, they could have won that game as well. Um, so I'm excited about this Jazz team. And the biggest thing with this team is they have the veterans to know that they need to hold back, um, especially this early in the year. You'll see a lot of these younger teams, like the Kings, like the Hornets, um, the Thunder, the Rockets, going at 100 miles per hour right now just to try and win games. And that's what they have to do to win games. They <clears throat> they don't have the talent like the Jazz do to to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Um, but by the time those teams get to January, February, they're burnt out. They've they've already run so much that they don't have any energy left. Meanwhile, the, this Jazz team, you know, there's been very few times this season already where the starters have to play 30 or more minutes. They've been able to rest. Um, like I said before, they rested Mike Conley against the Bulls, something that I think they they might do with like Rudy Gay and maybe even Joe Ingles as we get further on into the year. Um, so as long as they stay focused, they take each game, you know, one at a time as they come. This is a team that, like I said, I would not be shocked if they win 65 games this year, which is a huge amount, especially for how good the Western Conference has been over the last <clears throat> few years. Um, but 
with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Like I said earlier in the episode, we're going to try and um, recap every single game that the Jazz play. Um, I got behind on stuff, um, but we're going to get back on schedule here and let you know what's happening with the Jazz on a pretty close to daily basis. Um, But thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and go Jazz!